Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing today? Just trying to avoid the heat, man. How about you? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty warm already for the morning. Um, with us today, uh, we have Mike Janella from uh, Padre Social Hour fame. Um, how are you doing today, Mike? What's going on? I don't know about fame, but I'm definitely from Padre Social Hour, so I'm good, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure. I know the first time we had you on, we, you just started with the team, and, and uh, you're just um, getting ready for spring training and stuff. Um, give us a little bit of about uh, how, how things have been. How have you adjusted to San Diego? You know, thoughts on San Diego and stuff like that. Yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, when we talked, it was yeah February, like February 20th or something. I'd just gotten down to Peoria in Arizona, so it's crazy to think mm-hmm. we've already – we passed the All-Star game. Comic-Con's almost over. Like, you know, you were yeah. looking at those things as kind of benchmarks of the middle of the summer back then, and now they're pretty much in their rearview mirror. Um, it's been great. I mean, the season has been uh, obviously on the field, not exactly what we would have hoped for, maybe what some people predicted. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, some of the more optimistic of us thought that if everything broke right, this could be a team that would at least be right around 500, maybe making some outside noise. Uh, at a second wild card, we didn't know how good the Cubs were going to be. Uh, they've made that wild card essentially uh, ir- irrelevant because the teams in <laughs> Central uh, really have uh, have put a lot of pressure on them. But um, you know, things on the field haven't gone well. But for me personally, it's been great. Uh, I'm just getting to uh, know the town and, and get around and uh, enjoy this weather. I know for you guys, it's a little too hot. For me, this is just about <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been great. The show's been great. We've had some awesome guests. Uh, you know, we're out there every day. Uh, doing our, our hour of, of chat, and uh, it's been really fun, and, and the people have been great, and the city's been great, and yeah, just trying to uh, settle in as best I can. It's a fun month, All-Star and Comic-Con and all that, so uh, looking to keep it going all the rest of the year. Nice, nice. Have you had a chance to go down and uh, check out Comic-Con at all? Uh, I didn't go in because I didn't have any tickets for anything. Uh, it uh-huh. was really, this being my first one here, uh, I wasn't quite sure how to go about it or what to expect, but uh, I definitely was able to uh, walk around and do some people watching and kind of just be in the area in the vicinity. Uh, I love it. I mean, baseball is, you know, one half of me, but being the whole uh, pop culture geek is the other. Uh, mm-hmm. So being able to just talk to people and talk about their costumes and just uh, really shoot the breeze with uh, with whomever's walking by, uh, I love it. So definitely, you know, next year is something I, I definitely want to look into actually getting into the convention center or into some of the events. Uh, but for this, this is a nice little appetizer to just uh, wet my beak and kind of get – uh, my toe dipped in the water a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's the beautiful thing about Comic Con is you don't necessarily have to have tickets. You can kind of just walk around, like you say, and, and get in the area, and you you definitely get a feel of of the excitement of the of the whole show and everything. So it's pretty cool. Um, Mike, I have a question for you. As far as okay, take this is something I kind of wondered. Take take us through a typical night game for you. I, I know you guys do the social hour uh, about half hour. You wrap up before the uh, before the game starts. Um, take us through a typical night for you at Petco. Do you uh, are you in the press box? Are you in the AMR studios? How do you uh, take in the game? And um, after the game, are you um, always there at the uh, the presser with uh, Andy Green? Sure. Uh, so yeah, we do. Uh, you know, our show is always in the pregame, uh, obviously. So we're wrapped up, like you say. Uh, usually about a half hour or so beforehand, so the guys over at Fox Sports can take over for their pregame show. Um, and then for an actual game, I'm up in the press box. Yeah, we're sitting there. Okay. Uh, Blooper and I, you know, uh, Seth, uh, a producer on the show, uh, we sit right next to each other. We watch uh, every pitch up there in the press box. Sometimes we'll, you know, take a lap around, see what the crowd's uh, into, or, you know, we'll take a different vantage point. But 
Uh, we're up there. We're talking about stuff as the game's going on. You know, if something happens in the fourth inning, like, hey, this would be a good thing to talk about tomorrow. Or, uh, hey, remember when this happened, you know, you know, last month? And, you know, you can bring that back. And really just bouncing ideas off of each other. Uh, you know, everyone else up in the press box, too, all the people that cover the team uh, for various outlets. You know, you're always talking to them. And it's a great place for, for idea breeding because um, you have all these different minds there together. So uh, it's a lot of talk. And it's, you know, really no different than fans uh, just kind of sitting there and watching a game together. Uh, except everyone's on their computers doing, you know, other stuff at the same time. So uh, that, that's the big thing. And then, uh, yeah, no, one, once the game's over, um, I usually head out uh, just because, you know, everything with Andy, with Andy Green, uh, with the timing and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we've been there already 12, 13 hours at that point. So, uh, you know, I catch what Andy has to say the next day. Uh, if there's something really interesting, like something, you know, crazy happens, uh, you know, I will stick around. Uh, but for the most part, uh, usually – uh, get out of there after the game's over and uh, get back into the office very early the next day to start prepping for the next show. Sounds like a good time, Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, I, wonder... I mean, hey, I get, you know, uh, part of my job is to watch baseball. I mean, twist my arm, right? It's, yeah, uh, it, it, could be a, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. So uh, before we talk too much Potters, I kind of wanted to get a little off topic. I wanted your thoughts on the whole Chris Sale situation. I'm sure by now you've heard plenty. So uh, what's, what's your impression of, of how that went down? I love going off topic. Uh, that's always encouraged. Uh, yeah, we actually so uh, so we're talking now on a, on a Sunday late morning. We had just done our Sunday morning show and talked about it on there. And uh, I mean, baseball. First of all, the one thing for me is baseball is the one sport where maybe because of the length of the season or the number of personalities or the amount of dead time or the number of games, I feel like this sport has the weirdest off the field stories of any of the leagues. Um, and this is just the latest in a long line of them. Uh, I mean, when I first heard it, I thought this is like, this is ridiculous. But at the same time, I thought, well, you know, that's, that's baseball. It doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I kind of agree with the guys who were on my show. Our consensus was generally, we like the, the message that Chris Sale was trying to send, but the, the way he did it was just completely uh, unprofessional and unwarranted. Uh, I get it. You know, you're you're the ace. You're one of the best pitchers, one of the best, you know, three, four pitchers in the bigs. Uh, if you want to go out there and win and you're however tall he is, six, eight or whatever, and that weird, uh, weird windup he has, if you're wearing these jerseys that, you know, make, make you feel uncomfortable or that really ruin what you do out there um, and you want to go out there and try and win, then, yeah, I understand him being upset and not wanting to wear those. And if he thinks it compromises his performance, I mean, that's what you want. I mean, if you're ace, right, a guy to be – feeling 100% optimal and to say, hey, this is what's going to help us win a game the most, but to grab a knife and go tear up all these jerseys that were made, I mean, that's <laughs> not the way you do it, you know? Um, so, you know, the intent, I guess, uh, I, I'm okay with, uh, but the, the execution was just uh, just a little too insane. That's not the way that you want to handle yourself. So uh, points on one half of the story, uh, demerits on the other, uh, but he's a guy that certainly has not shied away from making his feelings known uh, just maybe don't do it by ruining uh, club property uh, in the future. Yeah, when I first had read it on Twitter, I was I was just laughing really hard because it honestly seemed like a joke to me. Like it couldn't possibly be a real story, and then obviously it was confirmed by more and more people. And it's just like it seems crazy to think about, especially considering he's probably the hottest trade ship right now. If they do decide to trade him, yes. now this whole thing. Went oh down. yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy to think about. Okay, anyway, and you know. The, now, I was going to say the guy who uh, I forget his exact name, but the guy who first reported that from uh, FanRag on Twitter, he you know he led his tweet by saying this is not a joke because when you yeah. read it, you thought it was a joke. Yeah, even that um, was exactly. 
it's, it's too much. Yeah, no, I mean, that's baseball, and uh, it's, it's a, a kind of a negative story, but in the end, that's part of what makes the sport so great. It's just the weirdest stuff always happens. Yeah, it's definitely a hard-to-believe sort of story. But anyway, getting back on topic, um, I wanted your thoughts on Will Myers. Uh, he's been struggling since the All-Star break. He obviously didn't really have much of an All-Star break because he was doing so many things at once. But uh, what are your thoughts on his struggles so far, and, and do you think he's going to get it back together soon here? I'll take the last part of that question. Yes. Uh, I mean, we saw this. Uh, he started out of the gate hot this year and went down into a little slump. And that's the thing with baseball. Everyone's going to slump. This one just happens to be – uh, timing-wise, right after the All-Star Week, which gives it a pretty nice narrative for what the cause and effect may be. Um, and then he came back out of that slump and had one of the best Junes, one of the best months in Padres history. Um, I, I definitely think I'm not going to be a person that says the All-Star Week had no effect on him, uh, just because, again, this wasn't his normal week, even though, you know, when you're when you're a player, you look at the All-Star break as a chance to recharge. But even if you don't recharge, at least if you're just playing in your regular schedule, you're kind of staying at the base he wasn't that, even though he only had the All-Star game to play. He was doing above and beyond. He was at FanFest multiple times. He was at, you know, the local legacy projects. He was uh, stopping by our show. He was doing Home Run Derby. He was doing MLB Network and Fox and ESPN. I mean, he really, they named him the ambassador, and he kind of took that to heart. A lot of guys may just take that as a title and think, you know, I'll go shake some hands and be done with it. I mean, every day he was doing something. His family was in town showing them around. Uh, the weight on his shoulders of all that uh, East Coast Mexican versus West Coast food, uh, you know, <laughs> debate that raised nationwide. Uh, I mean, he was he was everywhere at all times. So uh, it wasn't like he didn't have an all-star break. He actually had, I think, more on his plate than he does uh, on a normal weekly basis. So I think certainly it has something to do with it, but it's not something I think that will ruin his season. I think it just maybe uh, precipitated what would have been a normal slump, just made it a little bit more... Uh, maybe a little earlier or a little more intense, but I think it's something that, uh, you know, once this road trip's over, get a chance to come back to San Diego, sleep in his own bed, uh, get his, uh, his Chipotle in and, and all that kind of stuff and be able to uh, get back on track. So I don't think it's anything that we have to worry about too long term. So you don't think the home run derby broke his swing? Not at all, no. Uh, we were actually joking about this on my show, too. Uh, it wasn't like he was in it for long. He was there for four minutes because uh, he got eliminated in round one. And his brother didn't even throw him that many good pitches. A lot of the swings he didn't take, he was taking pitches. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I don't think there's any uh, long-term lingering effects from his brother hitting him. And I also don't think that uh, the home run derby <laughs> had anything to, to affect him long-term, no. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, Mike, you know, speaking of the home run derby, uh, Patrick and I ran into you at the Midway Classic. Um, talk to us about your thoughts on the, uh, the home run derby that was on the USS Midway and uh, the show that the Lake Elsinore Storm put on. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better setting, right? I mean, the, you yeah. know, the sun the sun was going down. It was nice and cool. You're on the midway. You're just launching balls uh, out into the water. It was fantastic. Uh, the, the only thing that I wish they would have done differently, and it's not Lake Elsinore in particular, but just, I guess, the Cal League or, or any baseball league at this point, I love the timed bracket format. And once Major League Baseball went to that last year, like I, I can't watch home run derbies any other way. And the yeah. one that Lake Elsinore did was that older model where – you know, you're just doing what was it? Ten outs they got. I forget the exact yeah. numbers, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it was that old ten swings, I think. Yeah, it was swings, ten. Yeah. It was ten swings. Yeah. Right. So either way, I mean, if you have outs or swings, you're still you can you can kind of drag the action along a little bit because you're going to want to save your swings, not waste them, and you never know how long that's going to take. 
So that would be my, my only suggestion, because otherwise it was, uh, pardon the pun, a home run event uh, in my book. But, other, you know, you put the, the time bracket on there, I think that just makes every home run derby better, no matter, you know, who it is or where it is. But uh, it was great. I mean, they had the All-Stars walking around, mingling with people. They had games yeah. you could play. They had uh, food and drinks for the fans. And, again, you're on the deck of a freaking battleship hitting home yeah. runs. I mean, what yeah. else could you want? It's awesome. So uh, yeah. I loved it. But my one, yeah, my one suggestion: throw a timer on that bracket. But otherwise, I thought they uh, again knocked it out of the park. Yeah, no, it was it was a definitely an excellent show, and it was, uh, you know, it was it was one of those things. that's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe unless until you're there, and then you kind of feel how the how the whole thing plays out. And you know, it, Lake Elsinore really did a great job. But you know, ha- have you guys done any time uh, up in Lake Elsinore and took, uh, checked out any other games that they have? I haven't. No, I actually I drove okay. through there uh, a couple of weeks ago on my way to L.A. to check out a wrestling show of all things, and it was like 112 degrees. Uh, I was on my car thermometer, and I was like, "How do you even play baseball here?" But you know, I give them credit for doing it. Uh, no, yeah. it's tough with the it's tough with the schedule. Uh, sure, obviously, sure. Either either we're home when they're home, or uh, when they are home and the Padres are away, we've got other commitments going on. So uh, it's very tough sneaking in. Uh, some extra baseball beyond what we're able to see, but it's certainly something I'm, I'm interested in doing. Just got to find a uh, find a time to do it. Yeah, you guys, you guys. Do, I mean, you, what do you have? One day off, I believe, though, during the season for the Padres Social Hour show. Yeah, it was uh, Del Mar opening day. So otherwise, it's 185, 185 shows in 186 days, uh, and that's it. So we're on the air. Uh, yeah, literally seven days a week as long as baseball is going on. So it definitely wow. uh, crams up the schedule a little bit. Seriously, I, I I hope you enjoyed your your little vacation you went on last week. Yeah, thankfully I, that was kind of my All Star break because during All Star break, obviously it was pretty busy around here. So getting away for uh, whatever it was, three or four days uh, for the wedding I was in back east was a nice little a little breather. Because now now we're in the the second half stretch. Nice, yeah, we definitely are. It's a uh, it's a long it's a long process the Major League Baseball season, but you know for fans and and people that really enjoy their stuff, it uh, it kind of breezes along, if you will. No, it does. Yeah, as we're as we're talking right now, I know this won't be uh, live for a couple days, but uh, Will Myers just hit himself a two run single, got caught trying to stretch it into a double, but I uh, just put the nice. Padres ahead. So there you go, that slump. He's breaking out of it there as we, we go. speak. There we go, and that, we'll actually probably run this uh, podcast this afternoon sometime. So we'll kind of oh, beautiful! We'll, It'll be timely we'll, then. There, there you go. We'll do some play-by-play right now. A couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay. All right, Mike. Um, you know, talk to us a little bit about the show. Um, you know, is there a favorite interview that you've had so far with a guest, or have you had any uh, embarrassing moments yet? I know they're kind of inevitable when you when you're working in in uh, in the limelight. Um, talk to us a little bit about the show. Oh, I mean, the embarrassing moments, if I don't have one daily, then I think I'm not doing my job. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of the fun of the show is that, you know, it's meant to be, and it really is, it's organic, is, you know, we all get along, everyone that's on the show, we're all friends, and if you're, if you're just talking with your buddies in the, you know, in your living room or at a restaurant or at a bar or at the ballpark, you know, you're going to rag on each other, you're going to make fun of each other, you know, it's all good-natured and, and wholehearted, but... Uh, in a way, that's kind of part of the fun. And if that didn't happen, then uh, I think we'd be doing it wrong. So, uh, yeah, nothing. Uh, it's funny. The other day, we were talking about um, the Sonoma Stompers, who were an independent league team. Uh, they had the first all-female battery uh, in pro baseball history in a male league. So they had a you know female starting pitcher and catcher. And I brought it up on the show to talk about it. And you know, Randy Jones asks me, 
well, well, how do they do? And I had forgotten to get the box score loaded up, and I had no idea. And so, you know, you know, ragging <laughs> on me there for not doing my, not having my research ready. Um, and you have a good laugh about that. So, uh, and it's part of the fun. So stuff like that happens, you know, almost on a daily basis, which is great. Um, favorite interview. I mean, in terms of just, you know, sticking out of my mind, Snoop Dogg obviously was a great one. Uh, yes, because yes. Of all the people there and his interaction <laughs> with Bill Center. Uh, yes. was awesome. Uh, me, me being a pro wrestling nerd, having Rey Mysterio on was great. Um, whenever we get former players on, it's fantastic. Like David Eckstein actually just came on our show today on Sunday. His wife okay. was here just doing some amazing stuff for Comic-Con. And uh, we had both of them on. And then he stayed on a little bit longer. So, you know, talking to him about old stories and seeing, you know, Bill talk to these guys. Uh, I mean, we've had Trevor on. We've had Dave Winfield on. I mean, it, it's hard to pick one favorite because uh, they all bring a little something different to the table, but um, yeah, I mean they're they're all fun. You know, it's hard. To, it's like picking a favorite child, and uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> so a different, a different type of favorite. Uh, what is your favorite part of San Diego so far? Oh, good question. I mean, the the weather is the easy answer. I think that's uh, that's probably kind of a cop out by this point because uh, yeah. that's what everyone answers. <laughs> um, but you know, when I went back, when I was back in uh, in New Jersey and Massachusetts uh, last weekend. It was 96 degrees at 6 o'clock at night, and the humidity was still, you know, Ugh. like 85%. God. And so just being, a, you know, being in a wedding tuxedo in those conditions, like, yeah, I'm ready to get back to, uh, to San Diego <laughs> uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely my, my favorite thing, but, um, I mean, uh, I mean, so much stuff. Just being so close to the beach and being able to do stuff there, uh, in and out is fantastic. Uh, I know it's not just a San Diego thing specifically, Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, just, uh, I mean, yeah, the weather, I guess, is, is the easy choice, and that's uh, anything else would just be a, a second place by default. Yeah, we got weather, in and out uh, great Mexican food, unless you're talking to Will Myers. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> Not exactly. too much to complain about here. Um, no, so, not at all. So a little more uh, serious. Um, obviously, the Potters have made some moves, uh, traded Drew Pomerantz last week. Kind of what was what was your thought on that trade when you heard that went down? Were you were you sad to see Drew go? Um, were you happy about the return? Kind of what was your impression? Yeah, it was uh, sad to see him go from a personal sense. Obviously, uh, he's someone who's been on the show a couple times. You know, just seeing him in the clubhouse every day. He's a nice guy. Um, so yeah, that's the one thing when you do work uh, on a daily basis, and we are because we're with the Padres a bit more a little closer to them, a little more embedded than maybe, you know, a beat reporter or someone that covers them for a radio station or something. So, uh, you know, it's tough. We see these guys go and it's easy when you're watching from the outside to just think about the, the numbers and do the dollars make sense and all that kind of stuff. You forget that these guys, you know, these, these are people. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's sad for me uh, seeing him go because he was such a nice guy. Uh, in terms of the actual move, though, I mean – Kudos to AJ, you know, uh, Preller, he's selling, he's selling high. Who knows what Drew Pomeranz has in his future? Who knows what Anderson Espinosa has in his future? But I think what we're seeing now with all the moves that Preller has been making and uh, all the money they've been pouring into both the draft and the international signing period, uh, they're looking at the future. You know, this season was something where I think if they got off to a hot start and you know, it was one of those catch lightning in a bottle seasons where they're in contention, you know, then you shift your focus. But once the team got to you know, 15 games out of first place and, you know, clawing to get to 10 games below 500 instead of being at 500, then you shift the focus. And for that, you know, I mean, they basically traded Yonder Alonso for one of the top 15 prospects in the game with Drew Pomeranz being the kind of conduit in between there. Um, so, I mean, 
you know, not to say uh, happy with it, again, because of the personal aspects involved, but uh, certainly I think the Hall, is, it's a good return, and I think it works out for both sides. I mean, the Red Sox get somebody who has who's having a great season, and the Padres get someone who's got, you know, ceiling that they may, maybe they didn't have in their system. So um, I was happy with the return. Sad to see Drew go, but uh, as we're seeing now, this is the direction that uh, AJ's taking this team. Yeah, it's it's a sad thing seeing uh, Pomerantz go, but um, being a lifelong Padre fan, you kind of I don't know, you kind of get numb to these things as as they go. I, I know it's a different feel with this team and the way it's being constructed, but it's still it's still a it's still a tough pill to swallow for Padre fans. You know, someone who made the All Star game and and pitched uh, you know days before and then just traded. So you know, it, it's rough, but Padre fans will survive. You know, we always no, have the weather. <laughs> that's, I, I know San Diegans don't like that when it's talking about their sports teams. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, it's true. We have, you know, people tweeting into us on our show. Uh, obviously, the guy, you know, the, the guys and girls who are the real seam heads, you know, they're the ones who, who love this, the kind of rebuild and, you know, just hoard as many prospects as possible. But then you have the fan that maybe uh, isn't watching our show every day, that isn't reading fan graphs or baseball reference every day, that just, you know, likes going to a game or two a week or checking in on Sports Center or whatever. And to them, you know, if their kid's asking them, well, you know, this guy made the All-Star team. Isn't that a good thing? Why are we trading him? Uh, yeah. There's certainly, certainly questions that people are, you know, certainly justified in asking. And uh, and it's tough. Uh, you know, you, you think about getting building blocks and, and cornerstone pieces, and as you get them, you want to hold on to them instead of continuing to churn them over for prospects yeah. and trying yeah. to chase a windmill you're never going to find. Uh, but I think in Drew's case... Uh, you know, he doesn't have the, the pedigree or the track record that even Will Myers has pre-injury. So I think uh, for those a little bit more in the know, uh, you can understand the move. But those that uh, are just looking at this from an on-field competitive perspective in the now, it is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't have to tell Padres fans to, you know, <laughs> to, to quote-unquote keep the faith and, you know, and, and wait till things change because you guys have been yeah. doing that for a long time. But, yeah. I mean, what what else can you do at this point, you know? Yeah, seriously. You know, when when Rodney was dealt, I uh, my ten year old daughter's a big Padre fan, and and I had to explain to her where Rodney was going, why we traded him, and and we got a minor league pitcher in return. And it, it, I could just see it in her eyes; it just blew her mind. Like, wait, 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 he's in the minor leagues. He's he's not pitching yet. Like, what? Right. <laughs> you probably how... you probably won't pitch until your daughter's like in high school um, yeah. at the big league level. It's tough. It's exactly. Tough. Exactly. I remember when I was a, you know when I was a kid and you know a, a team would win the World Series or something and then a guy would leave because you know he couldn't get enough money in a contract renegotiation and I would ask my dad well why doesn't he want to stay they're the best team why does he yeah. you know take less take less money to play for the best team and as you get older you realize how the system works and it's unfortunately yeah. not uh, as idyllic as in a kid's eyes that no, was it, it, that was Mike's first uh, lesson in capitalism <laughs> yes it, it was yeah and, and market inefficiencies and yeah, all that. <laughs> <laughs> the life lessons that we learn. Baseball baseball teaches a lot teaches a lot of life lessons, that's for sure. <laughs> you got that right. Okay, Mike. Um since we were talking about being traded, uh give me your thoughts on who do you think will be next uh traded by the Padres. I know Kastner and Norris uh, as well as Upton are, are all high up on the list. Uh is there a gut feeling that you have? Uh gut feeling, I think uh I gotta think Melvin's gonna go first just because those uh, th- those reported rumors seem to have a little bit more substance to them in terms of what the Padres would be getting back. Mm-hmm. Um, Kastner still seems to be, you know, there's 10 teams interested, uh, but there's been no real uh, concrete reports of what 
those trades may be. Uh, and I think with AJ, uh, the, the market for Melvin is, is less, I think, in my opinion. And so because of that, I think AJ Preller will be more want to make a deal as soon as he gets something he likes. Whereas for Kashner, with this many suitors, I can see him. And again, this is just uh, you know, back to capitalism. You wait for the best deal for you. Uh, you know, if you've got 10 people ponying up for Kashner, you're going to wait until the very end to try and leverage that as much as possible. So uh, I think just because of the markets for them, uh, you'll probably see Upton go first and then Kashner next. That's just me. Uh, I have no inside information. I'm just speculating. Um, mm-hmm. Norris, I don't know. There, there hasn't been much, much smoke at all, which leads me to believe maybe the fire is not there either. Uh, he was someone yeah. that, you know, before the season, and even when he got hot a few weeks ago, was someone that uh, had a lot of, of talk about maybe moving him. But I don't know. Unless he's just part of the package somewhere, I just haven't – none of us have really uh, seen any rumblings around him. So uh, I don't know. Uh, the big talk was obviously clearing him out to get hedges up from a lot of people. But yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It'll, it'll be an interesting one. He's, he's very oddly become a trade afterthought uh, with all the attention that Melvin and, and Kashner have been getting. Yeah, definitely. I think I think Norris uh, trademark will pick up a little once uh, Jonathan Lecroy's uh, move from uh, Milwaukee. Uh, I think Norris is clearly the second uh, option for most teams, and he, he, there's a lot of teams that could use his his bat and his uh, defensive prowess in, in, the, in their lineup. And you know, it, you you pointed to Austin Hedges. I think it's time to see him on on an everyday level at the major leagues and and see what he has. So it's kind of inevitable. But AJ Preller's the one holding the card, so we'll see what he has uh, in store for us. Yeah, it's going to take market. You know, same thing with Kashner, why he may be a little bit longer because you wait to see what happens with Chris Sale. You know, if the Rangers get Sale, do they need Kashner? Does he yeah. then become a priority for the Orioles or the Marlins? So exactly. uh, exactly. it's a good point. Yeah, Luke Croy will certainly be the, the market standard bearer. I uh, have to hope for A.J. Preller's sake that Luke Croy doesn't get dealt, you know, an hour before the deadline, and then all yeah. of a sudden all, all you yeah. have is 45 minutes to find a taker for, for Derek Norris if that's what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting couple we- couple weeks for us for sure. Um, okay, anything uh, new well, and exciting that, that you have planned for the Padre Social Hour show? I, I I know I'm getting a little off topic again, but uh, anything new and exciting that we have to look forward to on the show? Um, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to try now that the All Star Week is kind of uh, come and gone and Comic Con as well. Uh, we, we've dabbled a little bit in some some video packages. If you guys remember the you know blooper versus Bartolo Colon running around the bases, that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, we, we have a lot of those in the tank, and we just you know those take time, and we have to have access to the field, and the team doesn't need it, and we need extra camera people, all that. So uh, it's been tough getting that with all that's been going on at Petco. But uh, now, as we settle more deeper into summer, uh, expect some more stuff like that hopefully a little outside of the box and um yeah we're just uh you know we're trying to to make the show as entertaining as possible and uh, the team unfortunately the wins aren't there but they're still playing hard so um yeah it always surprises we don't want to give away too much but uh, <laughs> certainly tune in the rest of the summer because uh we're going to keep having fun so we hope everybody has fun with us yeah we're uh, definitely looking forward to uh seeing some more good stuff from you guys um so I guess with that in mind a little bit, what what are you most excited for in the second half of the season? Uh, I, I mean, this this next week, seeing where all the chips fall uh, will help determine that answer. Uh, because I do think, you know, if this team is committing to seeing what these guys in El Paso have at the big league level, um, you know, fans, a lot of the fans have been clamoring for it. Let's see Jankowski and Renfro 
And hey, bring in Margot and Hedges and Dickerson. Let's see what these guys can do. If uh, if the great season they're having in AAA can all translate up to this big league level, uh, Swahe, the same things. So uh, if this ends up being a big week where you know AJ moves a lot of names in the big league roster now, uh, yeah, I'd love to see. I'm most excited to see what these young kids can do. If that is what the Padres end up doing, uh, just seeing what these guys actually have. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting seeing these young kids. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Renfro and, and Margot when he gets up here and, and Hedges as well. Um, I think uh, Asuahe will have a nice uh, have a nice career as well as possibly a utility guy or a second baseman. It, you know, it, it's it's exciting. You know, being a Padre fan, it's tough to say you know we're looking forward to the future because the future kind of never gets here. But <laughs> right, I I, th- I think that you know this time around, AJ Preller has has definitely has a, a method to his madness and. The results will come. It's just you know, it's just a matter of being patient. Uh, I know a lot of fans don't want to hear that, but you know, the success is is going to come. It, it's just it's just a matter of time. Yeah, that's it. And you just got to you got to wait for it. And uh, yeah, he does seem to have a direction and a plan, and just have to hope that that uh, comes to fruition and starts bearing some fruit. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Mike, we're just about done. Uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about the show. Uh, I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but do you have a favorite combination of co-hosts that you work with? Maybe favorite, maybe not be the the, the opportune word to use, but someone that uh, the two hosts that you enjoy working with the most, or that you kind of get the the best chemistry out of. Is there anybody in particular? No, I'd say because they they all bring different things, uh, so okay. it's it's okay. really a matter of, of what you like. I mean, when we have when we have Bill Center and Randy Jones on, obviously we get a lot of you know, older school baseball takes and a lot of picking uh-huh. on me and some people like that. <laughs> uh, when you when you get like, uh, you know, Bob Scanlon and uh, Brady Phelps on, we go a little bit more off the rails. We talk about, you know, movies and TV and, you know, pop music because Scanlon's a big, you know, Justin Bieber fan or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, so you get you get more of that angle. Um, you know, when you have, you know, Annie Halliburton or Mike Grace on, you get more of that uh, kind of uh, the a fan's perspective that you know works in a, with the team in a different way kind of feels. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't say a favorite because they're all different. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't pick one over the other just because it's really giving you something uh, a little bit fresh, depending no, on the combination. You. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm sure you know knowing who you're going to work with that day kind of gives you a little bit of uh, preparation for for kind of show that's going to be and, and what kind of questions you guys are going to go through and stuff. So it's. It's, uh, I'm sure it's pretty cool for you to kind of have a different uh, perspective almost every day on on uh, on who you're working with. Yeah, and it keeps the show fresh too. You know, like we said earlier, it's 185 shows during a season. If it's if it's just me and someone else day after day, you know, I would get bored of that maybe, <laughs> even yeah. though I'm on it. Uh, so having <laughs> different people uh, mix and match, uh, it's great. And you know, we have you know when I go off on a Game of Thrones tangent, and Bill Center says, you know, you know, get back online, Janella. You know, it's great. Ha- it's great having that. Uh, but then also, you know, if, if uh, Jordan Carut's on, and we go on a little uh, tangent about soccer for two minutes, you know, it, it's good. So everyone brings something different, and uh, certainly keeps it fresh for me, and we hope for the audience. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the dynamics of the show are complicated, and, and it, it it makes it exciting, like you say, and it makes it a, a different feel for it, and uh, that's a good thing. Um, okay, talk to us a little bit about uh, the writing that you do for Firewire. I enjoy I enjoy reading your pieces that you do. Um, is that something that you enjoy doing, or, or do you prefer uh, kind of more of the hosting type uh, aspect of uh, covering the game? Uh, in terms of what I prefer, I mean, it's always fun, you know, being in front of camera and being live, just because 
things can go in literally any direction. And it's, I kind of, I love that, that adrenaline rush. Uh, you know, it's not skydiving or anything, but you really are towing the line, not knowing what's coming up next. But writing was, uh, writing was my first love. You know, I got into newspaper reporting when I was 14. That was the first uh, taste of media that I had. So uh, it was definitely something that I wanted to make part of uh, my responsibilities here with the Padres. So um, yeah, it, it's something, you know, I love it. I love being able to take some time and craft some ideas uh, and you, you guys know what it's like being able to do some research and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, put, put you what you want into a piece. So uh, I certainly I love it and I love being able to, uh, you know, complement the stuff we do on Social Hour. Uh, some of the pieces we write, you know, it's it's stuff we didn't have time for on the Social Hour show. Sometimes nice. we're doing a, pre- a preview of nice. uh, all the giveaways that are coming up in a homestand or taking a look at some prospect rankings, whatever. So uh, we want to make sure that the fans just have as much access and as much content from us as possible. Uh, the show, obviously, is an hour of that every day. Uh, social media is 24 hours of that a day uh, coming mm-hmm. from the Padres. And, uh, you know, we just look at FlyerWire as an extension of that as well uh, and something I really enjoy doing. Wow. Well, you know, keep up the great work. We, we we really appreciate, you know, getting the inside information about the team and stuff that, you you, you know, you can't get anywhere else. And, you know, it's it's a good thing. And we really love the, the Padres Social Hour show. Um, I catch it religiously and, and try to contribute when I can. And I, um, we really appreciate you coming on today and, and talking to us. I know I know it's a busy, uh, busy day for you. We had the show this morning and also, um, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. We, like I said, we really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thank you. And we'll talk to you next time. For sure, Mike. Have a good one, and uh, I can uh, successfully say the Mike Janela curse is over, right? <laughs> yeah, all it took was all it took was one win, right? But yeah. we're glad, we're, glad, yeah. glad we're back on the board with that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt Kemp just ended that for you, so we don't even have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I have to thank him when he comes back from the road trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, Mike, take it easy. Have a good one, man. See you, guys. Take care. All right, folks, that was Mike Janela of uh, Padre Social Hour uh, joining us on our 26th episode. Um, pretty successful uh, talking to him. It, it's nice to get his uh, his thoughts on the team being kind of a outsider that's kind of been welcomed to the Padres team, if, if you will, this season. And he had some very interesting thoughts. Um, what do you think, Patrick? Yeah, Mike's a good guy. Always always fun to chat with him. Uh, um, glad the curse is finally broken, so he doesn't have to yeah. uh, he doesn't have to live with that anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, always good times talking to Mike. For sure, for sure. So, you know, the Padres are in a little bit of a tailspin right now. Uh, they have a tough road trip um, that they're presently on. Uh, as we speak, uh, they are losing to the Nationals 5-3. to three. Um, You know, let's talk about the team a little bit. Uh, give me your thoughts on the on the team right now, uh, what direction they're headed. Um, what does the rest of the year look like uh, for you, Patrick? Well, uh, I'm not going to be surprised if there's three, four trades made in the next week. Um, as, we've talked, as we talked with Mike... Uh, Melvin Upton, Andrew Kashner, Derek Norris, maybe a few other guys, maybe Ryan Bookter. They're all drawing mm-hmm. some attention on the trade market. So I think that there could be quite a few trades made. Um, as for where that leaves the team, um, I think we're going to see some some younger guys start to come up, and I think it's going to be a case of letting the kids play, kind of see what you have, um, mm-hmm. and then start building towards 2017, 2018, 2019. Kind of the team's going to be getting younger, going to be getting some of these older guys out and kind of, Start build building towards that future. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough stretch, but I think it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot worth watching for sure. Yeah, no, there's definitely gonna be growing pains, but I think that in the long run, um, it's better for the franchise just to get these kids at bats. You you need to know what Renfro, Margot, 
hedges have, um, you know, if they can be a viable source of, of major league talent, you know, there's always the, the chance that, that uh, one of the three or, or any of the other prospects can just fall on their face. And it's in the game of baseball, that's just possible. It's, it's always possible. So you want to get them as many mat- at bats as possible to determine, you know, what kind of player they are and, and to get that experience. And, you know, it's going to be rough for Padre fans to see, but I think if they make a nice, um, a nice mixture of, of veteran presence uh, along with, you know, up and comers. They can still have a pretty decent year next year and, and and the end of this year. It's just, it's just a matter of what kind of return AJ is going to get in these trades that he's going to do. Yeah, for me, it's just a matter of, of the, these guys need at bats. I mean, as we saw with Austin Hedges last year, you can't bring a guy up and have him sit and play once a week. No. It's just not going to work. And that's kind of what Alex Dickerson sort of been doing as well. So, yes, I, I don't think yes. that's the best strategy for for getting these guys, I guess, ready for their future. I mean, they need playing time and. That starts with trading guys like Upton and Norris and opening these full-time positions, letting these guys just play. I mean, you really have nothing to lose with the way the team's played so far and where they stand in the playoff picture. There's no, there's no reason not to at this point. Uh, obviously, it's it's tough to to trade these players and guys that have kind of had a big impact on the team and have had a bit, big impact on the city, but it's just something that needs to be done for the direction of the future of the franchise. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, and, and the future of the franchise is bright. It's exciting. You know, not not only for the international draft and the major league draft and, and the players that we've acquired via trade, but there's been a lot of movement in, within the organization. Uh, Franchi Cordero, Ty France, uh, Michael Geddes, they've all been promoted. Uh, they've all progressed. So it's not just the deals that AJ's made. The, the whole farm system is slowly progressing and, and getting better, and, and that's an exciting thing for Padre fans. Yeah, like I wrote my piece the other day, or I guess yesterday. Um, it feels like they're finally on the right path. Like the yes, draft went yes. so well, the All Star break went so well. They signed all these players in the international period. It just seems like everything's sort of falling into place. Um, and I think that this next week is going to be even more critical for the future of the franchise. And if AJ Preller can do this right, as he has done with the Rodney trade, and I think the Pomeranz trade, and even the Shields mm-hmm. trade to an extent, I think mm-hmm. that they're certainly getting somewhere here and they're on the right path and I think that um, they can build off that and, and make this even better and I think I think it is a bright future it's, it's hard to see because we're always told to wait until the future wait until next year but mm-hmm. I think it truly could be something special here yeah no it's 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 we're on the cusp of something special for sure I I really do feel it. it's not just me blowing smoke up people's ass it, I really do feel that and you know it, the proof is in the pudding as far as what we have in the minor leagues. They they will be here eventually. Not not all of them, but the majority or or half of them will make it to the major leagues and should be viable contributors to the Padres. And, and that's that's an exciting thing. This this team has never really had a farm system that that cranks out talent, and it looks like we're on the cusp of that. And for Padre fans, that that's an exciting thing. I, I know a lot of fans are still uh, upset that with even the Matt Kemp rumors. They're still old fans out there who insist that Matt Kemp is a 30 home run, 100 RBI guy, and, and he's we need to have him in the middle of our lineup. Well, the reality is things have changed in the game of baseball. It's 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 more than just numbers. It's more than just home runs and RBIs and batting average. There's there's a, there's a whole type of, of of attitude and a type of play that's, that's, that's needed for a player and for a team to, to be successful. And, and at this point, Kemp is just not just not viable in the middle of our lineup, especially with Renfro ready to play. You know, I know this is a sore subject for you, uh, Patrick, in particular, but you know, it, it just riddles my mind that some people still insist that 
you know, we should keep Kemp that we should trade him for, we shouldn't eat any of the salary or anything. You know, give me yeah. your, your quick thoughts on that. Yeah. I need to stay off Twitter. It seems like every day I have to <laughs> kind of try to explain to someone why Matt Kemp is not good at all in any way. And it's always yeah. about homers and homers and RBIs, which I think we're way past those being useful measures of a player's performance, especially when he's not getting on base. Um, he's not walking. He strikes out a lot. He's not playing defense. He's not running the base as well. His attitude is usually pretty damn poor. I just don't, yeah. I don't see anything, anything worthwhile about him. He's playing below replacement level. I think you could stick any, I won't say any minor leaguer, but you could stick yeah. a lot of the Padres minor leaguers in, in AAA, any of those outfielders, stick them up here, and they're going to be better than Matt Kemp day one, in my opinion. Yeah. So they, that, they provide more to the game in terms of uh, defense, base running, just just those little things that often go overlooked and aren't really appreciated. I think that those things that Kemp, Kemp can't do, like, sure, he can hit home runs. That's great, but yeah. that's not providing the value that you think it is in terms of what wins ball games and what makes a good team good. So that's just my yeah. two cents. No, that, that it's true. And, and you know, I, I didn't want this to turn into the, the Matt Kemp uh, bashing hour, but it, I, you know, it, it's true. It, you know, fans need to be aware that the, the, the analytical side of the game is not, it's not, it's not God. It's not uh, set in gold, but there's aspects of it that do need to be seriously considered. And, and when you're trying to form a team that's, uh, that's that's good. That's trying to be successful. You just can't do it with a player like that. And, and the Padres are learning that lesson. And, and you know, it's a sad fact. You know, I I wouldn't mind Kemp if if we didn't have Renfro ready to go. And and am I Renfro is just ready to. He needs to be in there. He's the prototypical right fielder. He's young. He's homegrown talent. It's exactly what the Padres have been preaching. And he needs playing time. And I, I would just, mind Matt it, Kemp. <laughs> Yeah, I'd yeah, stick, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd rather stick Christian Betancourt out there every day, honestly, but that's not going to happen. So I, I still yeah, they, think that the Matt Kemp trade was probably the – I mean, if not the single worst trade in Padre history, one of the – obviously the worst trade in the Preller era and probably one yeah. of the worst trades in the last 10 years. So it, yeah, it was you, just you, a disaster in every way, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah fa- factor in the fact that uh, Zach Eflin's pitching well for the Phillies, who they flipped for Jimmy Rollins, and you know the deal the deal does get worse and worse. Well, you know it, it is what it is. You know, hopefully AJ can uh, can move him uh, without getting too much into the pocketbook. You know, it, it, but you know it's all about Renfro at this point. He need he needs playing time, and, yeah, and we need, we need to see what he has. For me, if they can't move Kemp, I mean, I, I it's hard to say they're going to release him outright because he's owed. I think what like sixty million still after this year. Yeah, but close. To, I think it's close to sixty. Yeah, I think that I, I we really can't hurt to just release him at this point because what are you honestly going to get back for him? Even if you pay all or most of the salary, it's yeah. I just don't see the interest there, and it's just he's just I don't want to say a waste of space because that's a little cruel. But he just there's guys that should be playing over him, and he just doesn't serve a purpose anymore. Yeah. Okay. We, 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 just in case another major league team is listening to this, Matt Kemp has a lot of value. He hits a lot of home runs. He hits a lot <laughs> of RBIs. Dingers. Yes, he's dingers, great. Dingers, dingers. Dingers. Exactly. He's great in the clubhouse as well. So you know, we'll just have to leave it at that. <laughs> I really didn't want this Mike Janela podcast to turn into the Matt Kemp bashing hour, but it kind of did. Sorry, folks. Let's um, end on a positive note. Uh, Preller's made some great trades since the Matt Kemp. I mean, the both Pomerantz trades yeah, have just yeah. gone swimmingly, at least so far. Yeah. Um, Fernando Rodney trade look is looking great already. Um, exactly. I think he's on the right track. That that was a big mistake that he made with Kemp, and maybe even to an extent with Upton as well. 
Justin, not yeah. Melvin, because Melvin's yes, turned no. out pretty damn well, better than a lot of people expected. Um, but I, I think he's on the right track, and, and he's, he's primed to make some more moves here, so stay tuned, Padre fans. It could get busy. Definitely. It's the, it, this next week is definitely going to be hectic for uh, for Padre fans, and, you know, don't be don't be uh don't be shocked if you see a lot of your favorite players being moved again and 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 for younger talent but you know it's a it's a process that's that's being constructed and the future is bright so just kind of you know i I hate to keep saying this but keep the faith project fans hang on guys it's gonna get better yeah definitely all right folks well thank you so much for joining us on uh, episode 26th of uh the padres evt podcast um we really appreciate it um Go ahead and send us out, Patrick, and uh, we will get out of here. Yeah, give us a, a follow and like on Podbean. That's where we're hosted. We're also on both Stitcher and iTunes, so you can give us uh, reviews on there. Um, I'm on Twitter at PatrickBrewer93. James is EVT underscore news, among a couple others. Um, yeah, just stay tuned for uh, more good stuff coming on EVT, uh, more good podcasts, more good guests, and uh, keep an eye on this busy trade deadline. Yeah, it's going to be hectic, folks. Stay tuned, and uh, thank you so much. East Village Times Podcast, signing out. Bye.